Well, praise God. This is Coach Shelby with Coach for Christ. And I have a word today for you to ponder. And the word is life and death. Life and death. To be alive in the flesh is to be dead in the spirit. To be alive in the spirit is to be dead in the flesh. Jesus said that to be crucified. He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. The flesh is not literally dead. But in Romans chapter 6, the Holy Ghost of the Apostle Paul said, let not the sin nature rule in your mortal body. So for an understanding of what this lesson today is about, you must understand that there's a war, and this war is for the born-again, blood-bought believer, the one who's put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ is between the flesh and the spirit. And all of the problems that a believer would have would be because of the flesh, the old sin nature, the seed of Satan. Now, as I was praying this morning, I was led to James chapter 4. And in James chapter 4, the, the Bible declares, From where come wars and fightings among you? Come they not here, even of your lust that war in your members. Let me read it in another translation. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You see, the sin nature has a desire. And its desire opposes all of the ways of God, the word of God, and the purpose of this sin nature is to take you to hell. That's what it's all about. It was born in every person that's ever been born since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. That's the reason why that Jesus said in John chapter 3 that you must be born again. You must put your faith in Christ and the evidence of a born again experience of faith in Christ and what he did at the cross is a man or a woman walking in repentance and living this war. But the war, there's a victory in the war, and the victory comes through the cross by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there indeed will be a war. And in verse 2, it says in James 4, You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have. You cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You see, it's, it's not that, that, that God is saying, ask for things to fulfill the lust of your flesh, but you're asking for faith. You're asking for strength through the power of the Holy Spirit, through your faith in what Christ did at the cross. And very few church attending people have a clue to what I'm talking about right now. Even you are beginning to question yourself saying, where have I ever heard anything like this? You see, brother and sister, the evidence that you're able to walk through life comfortably. Let me say that word again. To walk through life comfortably was the word. And you're able just to fit in with the world. I'm going to prove to you today in this lesson that that's the evidence of the absence of God. For where the war is, the presence of God will be also. For the flesh, again, let me say again, Galatians chapter 5, lusteth against the spirit. Let me say it again, wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And when you recognize this, you begin to go to God and ask God because truth has been downloaded inside of you by the spirit of God. And you have an understanding that that desire in your members, in your sin nature is wrong and it's going to lead you to hell. There needs to be an intervention. There needs to be a change. There needs to be repentance. And it is only by the spirit of God that that change can take place. And it will only take place by a man or a woman who puts their faith exclusively in Christ, not in their church attendance, not in their denomination, not in another man, not in a program, but in the man, Jesus Christ, the word that became flesh, jumped up on a cross and died, even if it was just for you. Amen. So in verse three, it says, you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. You see, we just pray in vain. 
that you may consume them upon your lust. So most of the praying that people do, they pray just to get what they want. Well, to get what they want means that now they're feeding that flesh, that sin nature, the very nature that, that was cursed in the garden after the disobedience of Adam and Eve. You ask for the power of God. You ask for righteousness. You ask for the spirit of the fear of God. You ask for a desire and a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. You recognize what's right and what's wrong. And when you don't have the power to obtain it, you have a decision to make and a prayer to make, and God will empower you to bring it to pass. And it goes on in verse four and it says, you adulterers. Now watch this. This ties into what I just got through saying to you about a person living comfortably in the world. You adulterers and adulteresses. Now, we know that's wrong in the flesh for a man to cheat on his wife or a wife to cheat on her, her husband. We, we understand that. But what we don't recognize is spiritual adultery takes place every time that you're comfortable in the things of the world that oppose the ways of God. And if they're in the world, they oppose the ways of God. The Bible declares it. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship, watch this, of the world is the enmity or is to be an enmity with God. And whosoever there will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You see, you're not called to come in and fit in. You're called to come in and, and remove some things. You're called to come in and shine a light. Jesus is the light and allow that light to shine through you. You're not called to fit in. That's not love. That's not winning anybody into the kingdom of God. Now, I know there'll be those that'll say, well, you come in there and you, you got to make a friend before you can witness and all that. That's not scriptural. That's nowhere. Everywhere Jesus went, he spoke about his father. He didn't go up with the drunkards and start getting drunk. He didn't go out with the woman with the, that had the seven demons that he cast out and, and because she was probably living an adulterous life and start committing sexual immorality with her. No, he came and he set her free. And when she was set free, she was free indeed and she gave him her life. So you see, there's a difference. Jesus told people to follow me. One man said, let, let, let me first bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. He was trying to draw them out of the world and begin to follow him. And you might say, how do you follow Jesus? Well, when's the last time you cracked your Bible open? Let me give you a clue of what that sounds like. Y'all hear that? That's pages of the Bible. Some of you had no clue what that was. That means turn them, look at them, mark them up, let them get down inside of you for the word of God is the very heart of the father that will get down in your soul and will change your life and will bring about the victorious result that I speak of walking in the spirit versus giving into the flesh. The reason why we fight and we war is because our desires, our covetousness, our lust for the things of this life have become more powerful than our desire for the things of God. And let me tell you something. You can be born again and saved and have that same experience. You can be born again and saved and begin to walk away from God, Judas. You can do that. And you can walk yourself right into the bowels of hell. And there'll be preachers that'll argue that with you. But my Bible said, see, who, he's he who endures to the end, Matthew 24, shall be saved. The Bible says, walk circumspectly. Be careful. Watch where you go. If you were eternally secure, it would not say that. It says, be careful. Be careful. Watch yourself. It says, pick, deny yourself and pick up your cross. How often? Daily. The unborn again, the person who's not repented, does not have a choice to deny themselves and pick up their cross because they only have one presence in their life, and that's evil. When the presence of good comes in, God has given you a free will and a decision to choose good over evil. And to even be honest that, Lord, I can't, but you're willing, God is willing for the man that says he can't, who wants to, and God will empower him to deny himself and pick up his cross and follow him. And it says, therefore, 
To be a friend of the world is to be the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lust to envy? You know, the word lust ties into the word jealousy. And we have, this is probably in my, my knowledge, it's probably not an accurate statement, but in my knowledge, it is. Jealousy is probably the most abused word, one of the most abused words in the Christian faith. We, we talk about jealousy all the time. We, we husbands and wives talk about jealousy. Boyfriends, girlfriends talk about jealousy. and it, it causes fights and wars and all of these things. But my Bible says right here that the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy. Let me read it in, in another translation. Do you, do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? It, who dwells in us yearns jealously. He desires you. God wants you. No different than you want your spouse. No different than you want your children. And when another force comes in to threaten that relationship, there is a righteousness that, that will well up inside of you there is a desire that wells up inside of you, even a protective mechanism if you're a man, and God has given man that ability, that power. Why do you think man produces more testosterone than women? Why do you think they grow hair on their chin? Why do you think their muscles are bigger? Do you think that's outside of God's design? Or did God not make Adam and then put Adam into a big, big sleep and then draw out a rib and create Eve to stand by his side? You see, we've got such a perversion of the order of the things of God. If Adam would have been more jealous at that moment, perhaps Eve would have never talked to the serpent. You see, men, I'm telling you right now, if you don't begin to desire the place God has, is what God has put inside of you, you allow your wife to go entertain anything and there is no jealousy in you, then you're going to wind up losing your marriage. Because the world is there to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the spirit of Satan. Now, I'm not going to keep elaborating on that, but I do want to tie into what I'm saying here. And I want to read this first verse again. It says, the wars and fightings among you, they come because of your desires in your members, your flesh, the desires for the things of the world that are opposed to God, to be friends of the world, to be an adulterer means to entertain the world. This is called spiritual adultery against God. And don't think that it will continue to go well for you when you don't heed the word that I'm reading to you straight from the book of James chapter 4. Turn with me to the book of John, if you would. Actually, 1 John. And we'll go to chapter 2. And I want to read verses 3 through 6 to you. And I want to show you something. Hereby, we do know that we know him, him being Jesus, if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. How can you sit around and entertain the things of the world when God says the world's at enmity against him, the enemy, hatred towards God, and you have no conviction about that, but then say that I'm a follower of Christ? That's blasphemy. You're not following Christ. You're following the spirit of the world if that's the case. But whosoever keeps his word, the words of Christ, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought also to walk even as he walked. So how, how do you know? What is the evidence of a true born-again believer? Well, first of all, there'll be a war. But in that war, we can either fight or we can become captives of the spirit of the world and eventually lose it all. And I'm talking about eternal life. 
Or we can recognize the things that, that I'm speaking to you right now, and we can get on our knees, and we can repent before Christ. We can ask for forgiveness of our sins and ask him to repent, to lead us another direction, and ask him to download that desire for righteousness and a hunger and a thirst for his word in us, and your life can be renewed right this moment. Stop taking the word of a preacher. Stop taking the word of granny that you got saved when you're eight and take the, the evidence of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And that is written as well. In the book of John 16, 8, it says that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. If there is no conviction, there is no presence of God. You see, there's no war. Because you already made a decision to be a slave to the kingdom of darkness. Let me read verse 1 again in John chapter 4. Now, I just came, I'm sorry, out of James chapter 4. Where come wars and fightings among you? Come they not here, even in your lusts, that war in your members? Verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is the enemy of God? Whosoever, whosoever there will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God? It, could it be any clearer than what was just read to you? You know, the, the key to all this is obedience. Obey the word of God. Don't say that you know God. Obey God. And in your obedience, the evidence will be that you know God. You see, sometimes you got to take a step of faith even when you don't feel like it because feelings are not faith. What you see is not faith. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. The Word of God says that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Now, there'll be the self-righteous that'll say, no man has kept the commandment of God, and we are in agreement. But there is a desire. Remember, the war is the desire to be righteous. Oh, that was a good point for somebody to shout. You see, that's the war. I'm not speaking of perfection. I'm speaking of the one who is perfect, who is Christ, and our desire to follow him and recognize the things of the world we're entangled in are causing us, are drawing us straight into the bowels of hell. The spirit of this world has you right where he wants you, lest you have engaged in the battle and the desire for righteousness, which only comes from the spirit of God Almighty is in you. And then you begin to pray. You begin to spend time in the word. You begin to cry out to the Holy Spirit. You begin to associate if there's any such thing around you with men and women of God who love God and that you can run with and talk with and sharpen with, but this does not take the place of your personal time with the commander in chief, your savior, Jesus Christ. I hope you just heard that. That does not take the place of that. Church attendance does not take the place of that. Matter of fact, if you had to compare the two, the one that's most important is your one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus, not your church attendance. Although the Bible does say, forsake not yourselves from assembling together. So we're talking about obedience here. And if I were to turn a little bit further and read verse 16, now I'm back in 1 John. I apologize, but I don't apologize. The Holy Spirit's doing something here. In verse 16 of 1 John chapter 2, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. In the book of Corinthians, it tells us that there's three spirits, the spirit of the world, the spirit of man, and the spirit of God. So if it's not the spirit of God, and it's not just you, then it's the spirit of Satan. But if it's just you, let me help you, it is Satan, because that's the fallen nature that's working in you. And so we need to understand that all that is in the world, it just told you 
it is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is of the world, is of Satan. Those that are friends of the world are the enemies of God. Now turn with me, if you would, real quick to the book of Titus. I want to show you something else. And I would say I'm getting close to ending, and I am, but close could be a long time. So here we go in Titus 1, 15 and 16. It says, to the pure, all things are pure. To them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Look at that. I want you to mark that in your Bible. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. You see, conviction ties into the conscience for the man who's born again and saved, the one who loves the Lord and wants to do right. There's a conviction and there's a mighty confusion in the world today that they interchange the world conviction and condemnation. Even a message like this, there's saying, some saying, well, you're judging me and you're condemning me. No, I'm loving you. The judgment comes after you die. And then the second death, if you don't repent. I'm, I'm loving you. The word was given so that you could see that there was a need for a change and that change is Jesus Christ because every word that I speak is Jesus Christ. He's holding nothing back here. Do you get that? This is not condemnation. This is speaking the, the anointed word of God, which the word is anointed, that you may desire righteousness, repent and turn to him. That is my prayer. That is my cry. Judgment would be for me to shut up not preach the truth, give you something to make you feel good this morning and watch you go to hell one day. That would be judgment. And it would be silence and it would be a perversion and a partial truth. Come on, brother. Do you sit down and just eat dessert every night or do you eat your meat, potatoes and your vegetables? Is there not more to a meal than dessert? You see, there's too many dessert preachers. There's too many people preaching the things that they can get from God, but nobody preaching the desire of God in a man to walk after the things of God, which means the desires and the things that they want to get from God are not very important because they want to be with God. That, that is a more valuable attaining than any material possession you could ever have on this earth. Well, God wants us to be blessed. Yeah, he does. I am blessed. I'm born again. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And every billionaire that dies and is judged on the day of judgment would love to trade places with me at that moment. Do you get the drift of what I'm saying? And in verse 16 of Titus, now remember, even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. I'm going to tell you straight up. If you can't control your tongue, you deny God. Because out of the, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the Bible says. What's coming out of your mouth is what's in you. The reason why people talk the way they talk, because they don't feed on Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear the word of God. That's the reason. The Bible says in, in the book of Proverbs that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you're going to speak it, you're going to eat the fruit of it. The Bible says, watch your mouth. That every idle word spoken out of your mouth, you'll be judged and you'll be held accountable for I could go on and on and on. The Bible says in Mark chapter four that the sower sows the word. The word is the seed of God. It's what's coming out of your mouth. So I'm sowing the word of God. And some people don't like it because there's so many weeds in their garden. They don't have any place for any fruit of the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, spray some spiritual roundup in, down inside of you. Kill some stuff. Invite the Holy Ghost in there to burn the fire down. Have you ever seen a field burning? Burn some things down that we may get that root of bitterness and evil out of you, that spirit of the desire of the world out of you, and we may begin to start injecting the word of the living God, and we may grow some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Some of you getting this. 
Some of you still still toying around with, well, I don't understand it. Well, tell God you don't understand it, and he's able to explain it. He's a better teacher anyway. The Holy Ghost is the teacher, but this is the lesson he gave me for you. So take heed. When you don't understand algebra, when you're in school, you don't just give up and fail the class. You go back to tutoring. Go to tutoring. Tutoring is on your knees. Cry out to God. They profess they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and to every good work a reprobate, worthless, worthless, worthless is what the Bible says. And I want to remind you again of John 16, 8. The Spirit of God comes to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so if you're saying that, that, that don't judge me, I would judge you by being silent and not preaching the gospel. Don't judge me by speaking the words of life. You see, that goes both ways. Jesus gave me a command in Mark 16, 15 to go into all the world to preach the gospel to, he, to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not shall be damned. I will obey Jesus before I will obey this worldly psycho, psychotic way of thinking that is induced by demons, by the spirit of the world that says, don't speak truth. It hurts. Of course it hurts. Surgery hurts, but sometimes it's necessary to put the body back in place. You see, this is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is sharp. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart, brother and sister. This is discerning where you're at. If this is an angry place, it discerns there's some bitterness and there's some weeds that need to be round up by the Holy Ghost, by the fire of the Spirit of God, and there needs to be a new crop planted. This is the evidence. If there's no desire for righteousness, this is the evidence that you need to drop to your knees and cry out to a thrice holy God that he may give you the desire to walk in righteousness. If you have no war in you, then you may drop to your knees and invite the Spirit of God in, and he will declare war against the members of your flesh that we started out reading about in James chapter 4. This is straightforward word. This is the word of God. And I pray that you listen. You hear that in that sound? You hear that sound? Every person in the sound of my voice and beyond should be hearing this sound in your home right now. You should be hearing your Bible pages flip. But most people are so much dust, they have no clue what that book even is anymore. It's the heart of the Father. It is love letters written to you in Jesus' name. Amen? Let me say it again. In Jesus' blood. In John 12, 48, let me read another scripture that, that I want to bring this home with. It says, he that rejects me, this is Jesus talking. It's even written in red in your Bible. And receives not my words, has one that judges him. The word so you say, Coach Shelby, you're being judgmental. I'm not being judge judgmental. I'm reading the word of God. I'm speaking the word of God. The word, you have one that judges you, not Coach Shelby. Jesus said, not even me. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Every word, every word that has been given us by the power of the Holy Spirit will be used to judge you, brother and sister. Wouldn't it be better to listen now and stop crying out, stop condemning me, stop judging me and cry out and say, I recognize this is truth. This is the spirit of God and I'm walking crossways with the word and I want to get on my knees and ask for the blood of Jesus and I want to ask Jesus to set upon the throne of my heart and ask the Holy Spirit to begin to lead me into all truth and righteousness, engage in the battle and the war, which is the evidence of the presence of God, the word of God in your life. Wouldn't that be better than hearing what I'm fixing to say to you right now? Depart from me. I never knew you. 
That's the words out of the mouth of God at the great white throne judgment to those who reject the word of God that I minister at this very moment, this hour. I like what it says in the book of Romans, and I got a couple more scriptures I will read to you, and then I will let you guys enjoy the rest of your day or not. I pray that you're in torment till you, till you repent. In Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, most people's Bibles stop right there, but the real translation doesn't stop there. It says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're not in Christ Jesus if you're walking in the world, brother and sister. Now, if you're in the world to, to be a light to the darkness, that's one thing. But entertaining it, comfort? No, 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 no. You're in the spirit of the world, not in the spirit of Christ. Because here's what the Bible says. It says, there's now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. My Bible says that this word in John 6, 63 is spirit and it's life. My Bible says in, in John 1 that the word, I believe right around verse 14, the word became flesh and walked among us. His name is Jesus Christ. So when you read your Bible, this is literally the heart of the Father. And if God says don't entertain these things of the world, you better listen. You can't pull your God card and say, I know Jesus, because knowing Jesus is to be intimate with somebody. And then if you did know Jesus, then you're really going to be in trouble because the Bible spoke of in James that to be friends of the world, that these, he called them adults adulterers and adulteresses, someone who cheats on their spouse. Know you not that we are the bride of Christ? So if, if you're walking in the world and you claim to know Jesus, you're walking in adultery. There will be a mighty judgment because even a marriage on this earth today between a man and a woman is supposed to typify a relationship of a walk with Christ. Why do you think God said they became one flesh? They become one. We are supposed to be one with Jesus. And if you're going to tell me that you're one with Jesus and this word is offensive and you're comfortable with the world, with your alcohol, with your filthy language, with your worship of all these things that occupy your time, your TV programs, your sports program, all these things, if that is where your joy and your pleasure is and there's no conviction to spend time with the Lord above those things, let me help you. You're of the spirit of the world. I don't care what anybody told you. There's power in the presence of God. There's power in the spirit of God. I didn't ask God to preach the gospel. I didn't save myself. But when he came, I cried out and he picked me up and he washed me in his blood and he threw me into his platoon and I follow him. And when I get off track, I recognize because I know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of the world. And I'm quick to repent and to ask for forgiveness. And any blood-bought, born-again believer will do the same and be the same because God is not a respecter of persons. Well, I pray that this word has been a blessing to you. And if it hurts your heart, good. It was a blessing to you. I've had some physical surgeries before that hurt, but today I'm glad I had them because I can walk. Did you hear what I said? There's some surgeries that need to take place in the body of Christ. And there's certainly surgeries, those that don't know Christ that claim that they do. And it will be painful, but the end result will be worth it all to see the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, and to spend eternity with God versus those dreadful words of depart from me, I never knew you. But Lord, I cried at the altar when I was eight. But Lord, my granny said, but Lord, I paid tithes and offerings. But Lord, I went to church. Depart from me. I never knew you. You never desired me. You reduced the relationship down to an hour on Sunday morning. And at that time, you were daydreaming about what was on TV or what was for lunch. Doesn't sound like a very good relationship. Sounds like adultery to me.
God, I'm asking you, Lord God, to draw them, keep them, and pull them in, snatch them out of the bowels of hell. Those that are with me, I ask in the name of Jesus, they come in agreement with me right now, that the born again and saved and the ones that are listening that are not would come into the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. Have a blessed day. Make it about Jesus. And when you get up again in the morning, make it about Jesus. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. This is Coach Shelby with Coach for Christ. Send this message around the world in Jesus' mighty, mighty name.